Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What is good, everybody? Good evening to you, or good morning if you're catching this in the morning, or good noontime if you're grabbing some lunch and out and about in the great state of North Carolina or wherever in this country you are. You're listening to InsideCarolina.com's the 40 Club, one of the many podcasts on IC, and we are thrilled, thrilled to have two of Thrillmington's only, uh, the Brothers Barth tonight. Joining me, as always, the man with the plan, uh, the venerable Thomas Ashley Esquire. Uh, Tommy, how you living, man? I'm doing well, man. We were talking off air about the fishing tournament that's going on this week. It's yeah. kind of tough to be sitting Sitting at home and not down there, but uh, maybe one day. We'll, we'll talk the, about that a little bit later in this show. We might have a hookup one day, Joey. Knowing, knowing the boys at the Big Rock are catching Marlin over over five bills that are getting them uh, $826,000 worth of change. That's not a bad life if you can get it. But, Tommy, what do you say we kick this show off? You like that? Yeah, you stole it, but I like it. See what, so, I, see what I did there? Yeah, so it's corny. As, uh, well, we won't get that deep into <laughs> bourbon already, but it's pretty corny, but – you know, people that are listening to this and Connor and Casey Barth are with us. I'm going to steal Joey's lead. Um, we tried to talk to guys, former players, and the 40 Club, of course, is the 40-year decision that Mac preaches um, as well he should. And then Joey's kicking version is the continuation of last week's show that I hosted with Dan Orner. But, Joey, I will jump into the back seat and let you drive Mr. Daisy while we interview these two guys. And, you know, to be honest, I've, I wouldn't feel like I was doing my job if I didn't do some research. So joining us, I will introduce the elder Connor Thomas first and the younger Casey Daniels second. Uh, if you have spent any time <laughs> along the coast of North Carolina around Brunswick County or uh, what's a Brunswick Pender and what's the other one? New Hanover. New Hanover. God, yeah, New Hanover is where y'all went to school. Like, that's where All over, and I'm missing Hannah New Hanover. Um, uh, you, I you was, show, he's I not blank. a beach person. He's not a beach person. Dude, I could have dropped the, I could have dropped <laughs> I a loop bl- reference. I blanked on that one, too. <laughs> I could have dropped a loop rest for reference. I could have, I, I could have like uh, been all over the map there. And instead, like I would have dropped a sloop point, Hampstead, you so name it. I name dropping. forgot New Hanover County. But anyway, Barth Brothers, Connor, how you living, man? I'm doing well. Um, just, we got a bunch of family in town this week from Buffalo. So it's awesome to get them down to the beach and uh, took them out on the boat today. Took them over to Mason's Inlet, showed them around a little bit to show how we live here at the beach. And um, I think they might want to stay for a lot longer than a week. <laughs> I definitely don't have Mason's Inlet up in Buffalo, I wouldn't think. Uh, Casey, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Can't complain. You know, just working. And like Connor said, you know, have, has a family in town. So we all, you know, we're all just getting together. And it's, and it's great because we haven't seen those guys in a long time. But, yeah, life is good, you know, in Wilmington. So no complaints at all. 
Well, you know, I'm hoping Tommy and I haven't bitten off more than we can chew by bringing both of you on tonight because, you know, while, while you guys are brothers, you had very different careers at Carolina. Both had amazing amounts of success. I won't start the fight of who has more records or who has more meaningful kicks. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I, can, I think the first thing I want to ask both of you is, was there, and I'll start with Connor again, being the oldest. Casey, I'm sure you're used to this by now, but <laughs> Connor, when did you know you were going to come to Carolina? Honestly, probably going into my, I guess, probably going into my senior year of high school. Um, it's funny. It kind of goes back to Casey, but Coach Bill Dooley coached my brother's JV football team, which is crazy. I don't know if you all know world. No, no, I didn't know that. He coached Casey's JV football team, which is just, that's just the best thing ever. I mean, I, you know how intense that is? Coach Dooley for a ever. JV squad. That's amazing. Like, stepping over guys, stepping over guys' chests, you know, just the old. <laughs> But um, his so his son actually was my older um, in high school, which is pretty cool, Sean Dooley. Um, but then yeah, I work. I obviously go back to Dan Order. Uh, I started working with him my probably my sophomore year of high school, and he kind of always put it in my head like, you know, go to your in-state school. Coach Dooley was like, go to your in-state school, and a lot of people just said, hey, you should, you know, stay in state and you play locally so you can, your family can be close. And my dad's a big Notre Dame guy. He went to Notre Dame. So my dad's a Notre Dame grad. So that was a school he was pushing. And um, uh, unfortunately, they did not want to scholarship someone in my class. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it was going to be between, it was going to be between Ohio State and Carolina and Mike Nugent was going to be a senior. So I would have had to redshirt. And then Coach Bunning told me that I could come in and start as a freshman. So I think that kind of made the decision pretty easy for me. I didn't want to Redshirt. I wanted to come in immediately and and play football. Um, and so that kind of was the that that was kind of the final straw there. Knowing I'd come in and play immediately. That's strong. And uh, you know, I love the Dooley connection. I love the I love the and to bring it back to our episode that we did with Dan Orner. Dan Orner, who also coached um, Ruffer. I can't remember the kid's first name, uh, but was also a Groza candidate and has worked extensively with you guys. I mean, it's. I guess the kicking world just maybe is incestuous. I don't know. Casey, when did, <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to be a Tar Heel? And, and did you always know you wanted to follow Connor, or did you kind of have your own process? How did that work? Yeah, it's a good question, you know, because for me, I think, you know, I didn't really have it in my head, you know, that I wanted to go to Carolina. You know, I think for me, just kind of seeing Connor and, and, and kind of what he did was so, was so big just with my development and kicking in general. But, you know, it, you know, like he said, our dad went to Notre Dame. You know, we weren't we weren't really raised as Carolina fans. So it wasn't, it wasn't quite as like, you know, you, you got to go here. Um, and, and funny story though, with the Bill Dooley thing, it was great because, you know, being a freshman in high school, right. And I tell my dad, you know, who our coach is and he goes, what? It's Bill Dooley. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, who is this guy? You know? And he's just like, he's like one of the best coaches ever, man. Come on. And so it was just, it was, it was great. And just having that experience, but it, it was funny because my, um, one of my top schools was the air force Academy. And I was, wow. I was, I mean, very close to going there. Um, and then Carolina just kind of kept an eye on me, you know, kind of see how I did. And, and it just kind of worked out to where, you know, I wanted to kind of stay in state and Carolina seemed like a good fit. Um, you know, there was a possible, you know, position open a kicker that I could compete for. And so it just kind of made sense. I think for me, and, and it just worked out, you know, I was, I was lucky enough for it to work out. Uh, I have to chime in here. I know the, <laughs> the real reason he did not go to Air Force is because I was on the visit with him. He went into the dorm room and one of the guys was like, don't, don't come here, man. Don't, don't come here. 
Casey, Dude, I swear, were we in the dorm room, Casey? And the guy was like making up, you know, you got to make your bed at Air Force, you know, you got to make your bed perfect at Air Force. And I think right. he was just like, don't go. It was, you know, it was, it was great. You know, you, you get the official visit and it was a cool place. And you, and you go into the dorm room and I, and I meet a few of the guys and they're just like, don't come here, man. Don't do it. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, what kind of a recruiting, who's recruiting here? That's terrible. I don't Worst think those pitch athletes, ever. <laughs> I don't think it was athletes. I think it was just kind of cadets and they're just like, yeah, it's brutal, man. <laughs> Save hilarious. yourself. <laughs> we had, um, in fact, the local high school here, I'm in Johnston County. So Clayton had a kid, actually Coach Fowler's son went to Air Force. Um, back probably around that same time and then um, a kid last year went out there so I wonder is he getting that same treatment I guess he probably is Um, but yeah college is supposed to be fun and that's a that's a rough transition let me ask you something something we asked Dan Orner and it's and the reason I had the connection with Orner um, is because he's teaching one of my buddies my college roommates um son is a is in high school and he's working with him and he may have reached out to you guys too we can talk about that later but anyway i asked him about being recruited as a kicker and connor i'll start with you just to you know how does that work uh, i mean you always hear you know mac brown prioritizes special teams so he's going to scholarship somebody um but not every school does um Tell me a little bit about each of your recruiting processes, not, you know, how you determine where you go to school, but when you start getting noticed um, and how that figures out, does everybody offer a scholarship? Do do they not? I mean, how does that play into your thinking there? I'm honestly, I got tons of letters, but never, uh, I got letters probably every college um, out there. I mean, Oregon, I mean, you name it. I mean, every college and, don't really make offers. A lot of times they want you to come into their camps and they want to see you in person. So a lot of times they're going to, no matter if they will, you know, obviously when I was kicking, it was like, I think we had to send in like VHS te- tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I, I think, I literally think, yeah, because I was there from, I was in high school from 2000, 2004. So I think it was my dad would have to, I mean, recruiting was a lot harder back then. Now it's like throw your stuff up on YouTube and everyone can yeah. see it. And, Back in the day, it was like you had to work. Like if your parents weren't weren't helping and working for you, it was tough to get recruited. So my dad and my mom, they busted their butts like getting tape out because you had to literally. My dad would be up there in the stands filming on a legit like I guess recorder. I don't what what do you, what a video recorder? I mean, a giant that? tripod <laughs> with the yeah, yeah I mean, dual reel. He's doing like this. In the you corner. know, nowadays it's like oh iPhone, boom, you can knock it up and be uploaded in two seconds. But you know that was the real deal back in the day. I mean, but. A lot of times you go, you get tons of letters, but they still want you to come to the camps and they want to see you in person because, you know, they can watch you on tape as much as they want, but they really want to see you come in and just see the kind of person you are. So I think it's a little bit different from other positions where they want to really, really look at you, see your form and stuff like that. So I actually had to come into Carolina and um, compete. And actually, there's a great story. Um, Ryan Suckup, obviously a good friend of mine who won the Super Bowl with the, the Buccaneers this year. He's from Hickory and he's a year behind me so my senior year of high school I came up and kicked at the same camp with him he was a junior in high school and they just pretty much said to each one of us whoever kicks better this day is going to get the scholarship so it was either they're going to scholarship me that or give me the scholarship that day or they're going to wait a year in scholarship Ryan and I I, I out kicked him that day and they ended up scholarshiping me and giving me the scholarship and um, they brought me up into the office and coach Bunning offered me the scholarship so that was pretty cool so it's kind of a funny thing how that works it could have gone to I didn't have my if I didn't have it on that day it could have been Ryan kicking at 
at Chapel Hill and he ended up going to South Carolina and having a great career. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of sum up the recruiting process, it was more like they really want to see you come in in person and, and check you out and just kind of see mentally how you are and those kind of things. And the same thing with Ohio State. I wouldn't have, yeah, I had to go up there and compete and go and kick against other guys. They didn't want to just offer me a scholarship just from just watching my tape. They wanted me to come up in person. So I think that's how it is. I wish, you know, obviously this is completely open. I, I wish I would have taken more visits just to like, actually see other schools I just I really only took my one visit really to Carolina I think I went to Wake Forest as well <clears throat> I wish I would have gone to like Oregon Alabama all these schools just to see what it was like to really enjoy that opportunity because it's just really cool to be able to see how these other schools work but um at the end of the day I'll never change I mean, it was the best four years of my life at Chapel Hill but I think that's kind of to sum it up it's just they really want to see you in person tape does can, can show you a little bit of stuff but they really want to see how you are you know talking to you what kind of mental state you're in and that kind of thing yeah it's funny Orner was about you know you want people's tape and dudes are kicking 50 yarders and then he's like look at the flags you know they're kicking yeah. that way the flag is the wind's blowing 20 so Casey how much um, how much did Connor's path help you um, in a deciding but also you know you said, look, I can kick better than my brother. And he did pretty well for you guys. I mean, how does that work in your case? Yeah. I'm a barth. I'm minted. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I tell people a lot of times, I think I had, you know, almost like an unfair advantage just having Connor as a brother to, you know, my dad would take us out kicking and I just have this, you know, beast who I'm trying to compete with at all times, you know, kicking ahead of me. I'm just watching him trying to do everything he's doing, you know, from ninth grade on. So, you know, I always tell people, like, I had a guy that I was just trying to catch up with, you know, my, you know, for everything in every sport. So and I was just so lucky for that reason. And, you know, having Dan around, too, we'd go to the camps and, you know, my brother would work with Dan. I would just listen in, you know, when I was young. And then when I got older, just try to, you know, build on what they talked about, kind of see that mimic, you know, what they were doing. So it, it just helped so much. I, I was lucky for that reason, you know. And it's, it's hard for guys who don't, you know, who don't have, I think, someone to kick with or, you know, don't have kind of that person they can go and talk to. So it's, you know, it, it was huge for me. I mean, it's, it's the only reason probably, you know, I was, you know, as good as I was. was Casey, Casey came in. He knew the whole football team when he came in his freshman year. At <laughs> he, was, he was over at one of the frat houses having a good time. And I was scared of my life when I walked into that locker room as an 18-year-old. I had no clue who these guys are. I got, I got to look at Madison Hedgecock. That guy's massive. And then Casey knows, like, Chase Rice and Garrett Reynolds. He's just hanging out, having a good time. Like, hey, that was awesome. I was like, come on. I was like, ah, I, was, I literally opened – I walked in the locker room. I didn't know what to do. I was so – no, but Casey, he, he, he killed it. He, he broke all the he, – he's the leading scorer, I think, in UNC history, I think. Yeah, we'll get to the records. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss them. But Casey, with our expect, and this is kind of a corny question, but I, I have, uh, you know, I've got one going to Carolina this fall. I've got one that's a rising junior. Um, was there competition with your older brother, or or was it pressure to do what your older brother did? I mean, as a yeah. teenager coming up, how was that? You know, it's it's funny. I really, I really never felt like I had to, you know, live up to to that standard or kind of, you know, be better than Connor. I mean, you know, my brother's always been great about, you know, he's never, you know, telling me, hey, you need to, you know, need to be better than me. My my dad, my mom, they were never. I mean, you know, we we took a lot of visits, you know, to different schools, and my dad would always tell me, you know, hey, 
you know, you can go wherever you want, you know, don't feel like you have to go to Carolina. I don't feel like you have to, you know, be better than Connor or beat or be Connor in it. And I think that really helped me in my college years. Just, I never really kind of had that in my head to where I had to be better than him or, you know, be better than a certain person. I was just kind of, let me, let me just do my thing and we'll see how it goes and end up and end up going. All right. (laughs) So I I, got to ask, I mean, and I know, I appreciate the perspective of being the second brother because I'm I'm an oldest of two kids. So I, it's good to hear what the young you know what the younger thought. I want to ask you guys about about your experience with, with coaching staff. You know, uh, Connor mentioned being brought in under Coach Bunning. Uh, Casey, you obviously obviously came after the change to Coach Davis. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are still probably still probably communicate with both of those coaches. But uh, Connor, I'll go to you first. What was it like? Uh, what was the difference in your experience uh, with, with Coach uh, Bunning and then Coach Davis? And then, Casey, obviously, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts about Coach Davis as well and kind of what you saw from being a youngster watching your brother. And yeah. No, this is actually – no, I mean, Coach Bunning is – I mean, he's he, – to this day, is one of my best friends. I mean, he's just fantastic. He lived, obviously – you know, he lived up in Topsail for a while mm-hmm. in the Hampstead area. And just, you know, hate that he's not here anymore. He's down in Naples. But, obviously, he brought me in, and he just – I mean, he, he played at Chapel Hill, so he got, he just, you know, he bled Carolina blue. It was just different. Yeah. It was just, it just, it was different. You know, he, he truly cared about the university and he just wanted, he wanted the best for each one of us and that kind of thing. And I think I love that because he just taught me so much as a person. I mean, he's, he's brought me, he's taught me just, I wouldn't be where I am today outside of football without coach Bunning. I mean, he taught me so many things. He didn't really, he obviously he stressed so much about football, but he also, he was really big about, you know, off the field stuff. And, you know, like you said, the whole, you know, you're only playing football, you know, football only lasts for so long. And he was very, very big about that. And I think the difference between him and, and then you got Coach Davis, who obviously now that I've played, you know, I played 10 years in the NFL, you know, Coach Davis ran it. It was a strictly, it was an, and it was an NFL program. I mean, that's just the way it was. It was just completely different. Just very, a lot more cutthroat and just, you know, it was just no nonsense. And that's what it was. And I think with Coach Bunning, he had a little more slack with guys and, you know, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know if he was able to hire the, I think he might've hiring wise, you know, I don't know the kind of leeway he had with hiring coaches and things like that, but I mean, there was just the difference, you know, you got a coach who was played at Carolina and bled the colors his entire life. And then he got a coach like coach Davis, who obviously has an NFL background who ran it strictly like an NFL program. I mean, I think he was, I think he was putting like things in guys lockers, like, Hey, you're gone. <laughs> I get wow. I mean, I think he like put like the old slips in there, like, Hey, you're no longer here anymore. And that's, I was like, that's, I was like, I, I was like, I was kicking pretty good. So I was like, I don't, <laughs> but you know, you just never know. I mean, it was, you know, coach Bunning kind of treated whether you were a regular, whether you were a star or a walk-on, he did, he was, he treated you the same. He, he mm-hmm. you know, you were a Carolina football player. You went to school in Carolina. Like he treated you, which I loved. When I was there with uh, with Coach Davis, you saw a lot of these walk-on guys. Like, holy smokes! Like their <laughs> world was, their eyes were open when Coach Davis came in. It was, hey, like, you know, your walk-ons are not the same as as scholarship guys. I hate to say that because I have a ton of friends that are walk-on guys and are great guys. And but yeah. Coach Bunning was different. He just he saw he was complete family, and you know that's important to me. And no disrespect to Coach Davis, he's obviously I'm super super close to him as well. But he just ran it completely different. Like. You know, he he took care of his he took care of his scholarship guys, and I mean, I don't. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure Saban does the same thing, and all these guys. You know, it's you know, but Coach Bunning was just 
it was different. He just, he treated every single person the same. It was, we were a huge family, which was, I thought kind of makes me the person that I am. And I had him obviously most of my career. Casey, I'm going to reframe this question a little bit for you. Seeing what Connor saw uh, and kind of that closest with, with coach Bunning and how he, how he preached, did it change your college experience at all when you came in under Butch Davis? Did, did, did you feel like maybe things were different than what you expected or did you kind of just acclimate and move on and college was college? Yeah, you know, it, it didn't really change things for me. Um, you know, I think, I think Connor did a good job of, he did, you know, he didn't really kind of say, Hey, this is what you should expect when you get, you know, when you get there or, you know, you should have these expectations. So I kind of just went in it with an open mind and, you know, you know, make friends and, and just kind of see how it went. And I mean, coach Davis was great with me. I mean, he, I think, you know, having Connor there, his senior, you know, his first year, Connor senior, he, you know, he kind of, all right, you're a Barth, you know, you might, you might have some ability in you. So we'll see, we'll see how you do. And, um, you know, once I, you know, I started doing well and kind of proving to him that I, you know, I can be consistent, you know, we built a great relationship. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys you can text out of the blue and he's just like, yeah, how are, how are you? How's your family? You know, miss you. And she's, he's, he's just a player's coach. You know what I mean? He takes care of his guys and it, it was, it was a great experience with him for sure. So I, I, I want to ask you guys one more question, then we'll, uh, we'll let Tommy take us to a break. Um, and then after the break, we'll get to the real fun stuff. <laughs> I want to ask uh, each one of you guys, what was your favorite memory of UNC? And I want, I want to keep it off the field. Okay. Oh. Let's, let's, let's talk about just your, the, your most yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's all right. Keep I'm that within reason. Yeah. Let's keep that the YouTube reason. version. Not yeah. safe for kids. Go ahead. Um, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> just share with us. What's your favorite memory of uh, non-game memory? Put it that way. It can be on the field, but just the non-game memory uh, of your time in Chapel Hill and the Carolina blue uniform. Casey, I'll let you, I'll let you do the honors as the youngest. You know, I think for me, one of the coolest things, you know, off the field was, you know, I think we won the national championship basketball 2009. So being able to kind of storm Franklin Street with everyone and, and doing that was just, I mean, something I, you know, never experienced. And, and that, that was really cool. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would say the same thing, but, you know, kind of playing, playing football and being on the football field, but then kind of getting involved with that and being on Franklin Street with just, you know, all the thousands of people and just all that ruckus. It was, I mean, it was awesome. I'll never forget it. All right, Connor, same question. I'd have to say, I don't want to, to my own horn here, but after the after the UNC Miami game, after I hit the game winner, it was Halloween weekend. So yes, sir. I've never that was my freshman year, so I've never experienced Halloween in Chapel Hill. So I, I you know, I've heard like, oh, there's like, like they barricade down Franklin Street, and there's like fifty thousand people, and whole whole. I've never. I mean, it was it was. I mean, obviously after a big win like that, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. My, I'm 18 years. I had no idea what to expect, but then you see people that were dressed up like you. There are people dressed up like me. And I'm just like, wait, hold on, what's going on here? And, you know, and um, I had a few girls come up and say hi, and I can't go to the extent of that, you know. That's <laughs> a, a, gentle, a gentleman never tells. I got gentleman you. gentleman never tells. But, uh, no, it was just that was the – you know, I've heard stories about Chapel Hill and things – or in uh, Halloween, and it was um, – it lived up to every expectation. It was the craziest night. It was – that's a hell of a first Halloween yeah, was, in Chapel uh, Hill, man. I don't know. If, I mean, they were the, the next three were awesome, but that one just—I mean, obviously being a being a freshman in college and just you know coming from Wilmington, which is a you know we're we're not a huge town, and just 
experiencing that many people in one place, just all kinds of crazy costumes and all that stuff. And then obviously seeing a few people that have your jersey on that have long hair and you're just like, huh, this is weird. <laughs> um, and then you forget you're like oh we had a we had a we had a big win the night before so that was you know so you're like oh, okay i get it now it's that's pretty cool man that's epic let's uh we got to talk more about 2004 after the break but let me take a second and talk about johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com uh you could get that jersey he's talking about you know you can you can find one uh with connor bar's name and number on it but i got mine from somewhere else I got mine from China. But anyway, Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com. <laughs> they deliver straight to your door, or you can go to uh, you can go to anywhere and order it online, or you can go on Franklin Street. Like Connor talked about, Franklin Street gets pretty wild at times. Uh, but Johnny T-shirt's always there to service you for your needs. Support them. They support us. Inside Carolina premium subscribers, of course, get 10% off their daily order. And that 10% will help out if you're a college student going to Carolina and you need some swag. Football season's around the corner. Baseball season just ended and basketball season with Coach Hubert Davis. We'll be here before we know it. Joey, I'll let you handle the rest and then take us to it. I got an idea. Hang on. I got an idea. With the 10% you save from your Inside Carolina Premium Subscriber uh, discount at Johnny T-Shirt, you know what you can do with that 10%? Turn around and spin it at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. <laughs> Go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. How you like that for a segue, boys? It was, it was better than mine, go I to can tell you that. Go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. Uh, but you say, but Joey, I can't go to Baltimore right now and get the best crab cakes in the history of the world. Nay, nay, you would be incorrect because Jimmy's can come to you. They have the most amazing, quickest shipping of their products. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I know our boy Taylor Vipless is a, is a big fan of their Jimmy's Famous uh, sampler box. I just go straight for the Colossal Crab Cakes, and they are enough to absolutely not only satiate your palate, but change your world. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. If you use the code G-D-T-B-A-T-H, hashtag great day to be a Tar Heel, G-D-T-B-A-T-H, you will get a nice little savings on your shipping. Again, they pack it to you cold, send it to you two-day You'll have it in your oven, uh, and you'll be eating like a champ. Some of Balmer's best if you go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. So we appreciate both Johnny T and Jimmy's Famous for their support of this and all of Inside Carolina's stuff. We're going to take a quick break and let some of the national guys get their stuff in here. Their ads will not be as good as ours, but we're going to let them run them anyway. We'll be right back with Connor and Casey Barth kicking it in the 40 Club. Hang tight. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, boys, we're back. I'm going to steal it. 
I'm gonna steal it because I told you you couldn't have 2004, Joey. I'm sorry. I got to pull rank. Uh, Tommy's mad because I, I snatched a really good memory from him a while back, and he hadn't let me forget it. So I, I'm gonna sit back and let. In it fairness, we had Orner on, and what am I gonna ask Orner on about? About his his kicking school. About, and, wait, and about the Duke kick where he took yes. down the. He took, yes. That's the most legendary thing I've ever seen. like. If if bar stools around then and all that, you oh my, it would have been the. Biggest, it would have broken uh, the internet. Oh my, I mean, he did he like run in there and just tear the whole thing down and deflate the whole. It ended up tearing it down, but he also told the story that he ran in there and didn't realize it was as hard and pumped up as much <laughs> as it was and. Damn near killed himself when he. I think he said, "I think the quote, the quote from the show was the helmet fought back, right?" So, uh, so he was walking with a crick in his neck for a while. Oh, uh, we're we're back on kicking it with the forty club. This is Tommy Ashley, S. Joy Powell, Casey Barth, Barth, and Connor Barth. I'll get y'all's names right eventually. Let me, let me ask you a question. See, y'all got me started, and people that watch this YouTube understand. Um, that when the glass goes empty, it gets interesting. So anyway, we'll talk about that later. 2004, Connor, you're a freshman. You mentioned it. Let me set the stage for you. This is from the stands. All right. We're at the game. And there was a lot of Miami people in that stadium. And they were loud too. Like they were feeling themselves. And a lot of people have had problems with Miami folks, but I've never had a problem with them. And they were sitting all around us. And they were your traditional big dookie chain Miami guys. And it stayed close. And Chad Scott was going nuts and Durant was going nuts. And I walked across the aisle and I was like, you know, Carolina could win this, right? No, 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 it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and then it happens. You're like, they, they're setting up for your field goal. So I'm sitting down. I run down the, the thing and stand on the fence, right? You know, when you used to be able to go down there. That's one bad thing about the turf. You can't get close. And we're standing there. And, of course, we're screaming at him. We're laughing. And uh, I still worked for Inside Carolina at the time. But I was a fan that night. And we're screaming like, y'all about to lose Carolina and all this stuff. And the Miami guys are talking junk. You kick it. I literally almost had to hurdle Devin Hester because he's the one that almost got a piece of it. And then watch the goalpost come down and all that stuff. Dude gets tased trying to take the goalpost out of the stands. Fantastic. Didn't know that. It, it was uh, – it was whoa, whoa, wait, you didn't know that a dude got tased while the while people were tearing down the goalpost? That's terrible. Why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, guys trying to have a good time, man. They told a the guy. A lot happened in that melee I, that I night. was right there, right? So the goalpost comes down. I'm too old to be out there at the time. It almost hits us. They tear it apart. Dudes are trying to carry it out. The policeman told the guy to drop it. And multiple my, times. My history is just, you know, do what they say and we'll figure it out later. Dude didn't do what they said. And they threatened to tase him and bad things happen. But anyway, let's go back to leading up to that. Orner said, and this is one of the coolest things that Orner talked about when he was on our podcast. He said he wanted to be like a New York firefighter. He wanted to run to the action, and he wanted his kickers to run to the action. Where is the mindset of a freshman kicker coming down? Because y'all had a rough season. I mean, you got waxed the week before, and and now you're about to set up to kick a, a field goal, I believe, to beat number four Miami. I think they were number four at the time. Yeah, I think so. T tell me what's going through your head. Honestly, 
I'm going to be honest, not a lot. You're just kind of, you're just kind of in the moment as a freshman. You're just, you're just like, you know, well, first off, you guys are all standing around the hedges. If I would have missed it, God knows, I, I wouldn't even have let out of there. I had to make it. I think there was hardly people on the field. They were just kind of behind, a, like behind the. This would have been a largely different podcast. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. But people don't remember. Like, that's what I love about this. They always say, like, you're only remembered for your last kick. No one remembers that I missed, like, a 35-yarder earlier in the game. No I don't even remember that. I bet your brother remembers. That's what I love because you're only as good as your last kick. It's amazing. All my buddies, I still talk to them this day. I'm like, y'all know that I, like, completely shanked one earlier in the game. They're like, really? <laughs> I don't remember that. Chaco's was down here the other night for dinner with Casey and I and uh, Rockwell's. And I was like, you know, I, like, I absolutely hooked one left. He's like – I had no idea. Man. <laughs> and that's the best part. So like, um, so I, you know, I was actually a little, you know, I really, really said this, but I was actually a little nervous. Cause you know, I, I kind of had a tough, I did not have a good kick in the beginning of the game. So I was like, you know what? I really got to just work on my mechanics here and just take a deep breath and just trust. And, you know, Casey and I always talk, just trust. Like it's just think it's like practice go out there and just, you've done this a million times. It's 42 yards. It's not a long kick. I always say kicking super easy. Just put it between those two those two posts. <laughs> but you did. I'm sorry to let me start to step on Tommy here. But you didn't. I mean, did you feel the the weight of that kick before you went out? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I never really. You know, I've never really said this, but I was nervous because, like I said, I had not had a good. I hadn't kicked really well that game, so I was like, you know, I need to really step it up here. And obviously, I knew if I make this kick, it could really change my life and my career, and maybe put me on the map mm. possibly maybe play in the NFL one day. And I remember coach Powell told me our special teams coach, he was, he comes up to me and goes at, at our little timeout and he goes, Hey man, I was like, Hey, what's up coach? He goes, uh, don't eat yellow snow. And I'm just, I had no, no clue what I had no clue what he was talking about. I don't even think I didn't register. I don't even think it registered to me until after I made the kick. And after the game, he's like, ha, it worked. And uh, you know, I had no idea. Like, you know, you're just like, don't eat yellow snow. I'm like, huh. All right. So I just went out there and lined up. And honestly, it wasn't, if you look at the trajectory, it wasn't like the, you know, I'm pretty critical of my kicks. It wasn't the prettiest kick, but hey, it's, it went through. And yeah. it was a, uh, it was one of those nights where I can still smell the liquor. I can still smell it from two. That's Tommy. That's coming through. I can that's still awesome. smell like just the atmosphere on the field. Like after it was, it, I can still, it's like, it's really like, it feels like yesterday. Obviously, it's been a long time, but I can still just. That was one of the. Uh, that was a crazy night, and um, like I said, it would. And like I said, there was already guys. I think there was already fans, pretty much on the field. It was pretty much. I'd better make the kick, or I don't know. What, <laughs> well, what I can do. tell you, Hester. Hester was still face down, so it was pretty dang going quick after and, there. And I always say, like you know, <laughs> not to make it easier than it was, but the game was tied, so it's like, all right, worst case scenario, I miss it. We go into overtime, and maybe maybe I'll get another chance. So obviously it was still a lot of pressure, but it's one That's of those a pretty strong heads to have. At least it wasn't, you know, at least we weren't down by one or two where it's like, all right, if I do miss it, that game is over, which I experienced that for my last kickover in Chicago. And uh, that was my last kickover in Chicago. So, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, at least the game was tied. So I always say like, you know what? It was hard, but it was like, all right, it was tied. Like worst case scenario going over time, man. I was so are you lucky. thinking of, so serious question. Are you thinking about it? It's tied. If I've, screw this up we're still got overtime yeah i mean you know you just i just try to keep it as lighthearted as possible um you know they're always like oh you're from the peach surfer mentality and i'm just like no it's just like at the end of the day i had greg warren snapping who what snapped 
what, 14, 15 years in the NFL. He's still snapping for the Steelers. Yeah, he's still snapping. Like, <laughs> um, and then Jared Hall, obviously, was a phenomenal holder for me. So I knew, like, they were going to get it there, and they are going to do a great job getting everything set up for me. And my whole thing was just make sure I we just, you know, it's we just executed. We did, and it was a – yeah. So, I mean, like, it, I, it wasn't the back of, back of my mind. Like, hey, we're tied. So, worst-case scenario, maybe I get a chance if I do miss it that I can redeem myself. But I was able to knock it through that time, which was important to me. And, obviously – completely changed my life for forever. Cause I think that was the kick that really put um, myself on the map uh, for my career that I had down the road. Yeah. I got to get, I've got a picture that our photographer, uh, I believe Jim Hawkins took at the time. I still got to get that signed by you one day. Um, it's a pretty epic picture. Casey, you're not, you're not getting away uh, on it. <laughs> so flash forward six years. Um, speaking of smell, smelling the liquor, you probably smelled it from all the bottles that came. He probably had a bottle stuck in his ear hole after that game. <laughs> the old uh, "keep your helmet on" game. Do not take your helmet off on any occasion. Tell me about the end of the Tennessee game. Uh, I mean, Music City Bowl. We had T.J. Yates on some time ago. Well, I mean, so if if you had if you hadn't heard, I, I just did a uh, just did a throwback about that game with uh, Sean Drone. And uh, Mike Ingersoll and Greg Barnes. And I will say, Casey, Mike Ingersoll yeah. made the comment during that episode. He said, we had Casey Barth, you know, a lot of teams, talk, a lot of teams talk about not wanting to not leaving it up to your kicker. He said, we as a team yeah. absolutely wanted to leave it up to our kicker because we had that much confidence in him. So he set you up really nicely. Nice no, too kind. No, I mean, that, that game, that game was insane. You know, I think everyone can remember just how nuts it was the way it ended I mean, it was – we couldn't even believe – you know, it was unbelievable. Just – that's – it's funny. You look at the end of the game, and I honestly was just – I was still swinging my leg, just taking some practice kicks, and everyone's like, the game's over. I, I don't know. I was just kind of like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe they'll call. I was like, I just want to be ready <laughs> no matter what. And, of course, they're like, actually, we're going to bring you back out for a field goal. And I was just like, all right, well, let's do this. And, um, you know, just kind of went out there and, and just like Connor said, I mean, you just – you can't overthink it. I mean, you just got to make good contact on the ball. I mean, it's not a long kick. I think that game tying one was like a 35, 37 yard or so. It wasn't, you know, you just, just got to trust yourself and just have a smooth swing. And, you know, it ended up, ended up going in and tie the game. And it was just a surreal feeling. I think that one was even more crazy than, than the game winning field goal, just because the stadium would just got silent. You know, I think everyone was just bewildered at what happened by the game ending, coming back, and then, you know, us tying it up. It was, you know, get a couple bottles thrown at us. It was, it was awesome. You know, it was fun. <laughs> Buck Sanders talks about, um, of course, the president of Inside Carolina talks about being on the field. I guess he was down there with Greg Barnes. Yeah. And looking up and seeing just the tidal wave of every kind of liquor bottle, every kind of beer bottle you can imagine. <laughs> Ingersoll talks about the... spit cups. He said uh, – yeah. <laughs> Oh, Ingersoll is brutal. Man. He said he caught a spit cup on his shoulder. So. <laughs> but, I mean, so tell me this, and this is a kicker thing. You got a timeout to set up versus not having a timeout to set up. How is that? Because they always talk about – and this is something I wanted to ask you both, um, icing the kicker. Yeah, do you want the timeout yeah. or not? You want to go? Go, Casey. What do you think, Arn? I mean, honestly, I don't think it matters really. I think it just depends on the type of person you are. I'm a big believer in don't call a timeout. I think you just let it play out. I think that yeah. if you're a good if you're a good kicker and you're have a good head on your shoulders and you're mentally tough, like yeah. 
you get almost a lot of times your coach always says, all right, when they call a timeout, still swing through and kick the ball and get a practice swing in, right? So I think a lot of times when you do get that extra a little time to kind of take a step back and just kind of reset and let your heart rate come down a little bit, I think it's better. So for me, if I'm a coach, I'm not calling a timeout because it's almost in the back of the head, like a kicker's probably thinking he's probably going to call a timeout, you know, like, but then you don't. So it's almost like he's kind of, he kind of plays tricks with them. So for me, I wouldn't call a timeout. I think it's, I think it helps. Uh, I think it only helps the kicker if he's, Obviously, a, a decent, decent yeah. like they get your heart right down, kind of take the back, you practice swings and go out and execute. So, for me, I would just let the game play. That's uh, so I've had that debate with my teenager. He always says, Don't kick the ice, so don't kick the timeout field goal. But I've always said, Leave one in your pocket because of what you just said. They might be thinking, Hey, are they going to call it or are they not going to call it? And so it's interesting to hear and NFL kickers talk about that. So I'll tell him that I was right. So, <laughs> so, I so that was the, uh, I think the kicker for Kansas city got iced like four times. And I think he made like three fifty eight yards in a row. Uh, uh, Buckner. He's insane. That so, dude's ridiculous. I just think that I, I always, I, I've always just said, let the, let the game play out. Cause a lot of times the kicker is just going to be thinking, are they going to call a time? Are they not going to call a timeout? And it's like, so maybe, you know, so he's kind of thinking in the back of his head, like, and it never came, and he went and kicked, and maybe it threw him off a little bit, but that'd be my So, Casey, do you kick the ice? When I say that, do you kick it when they call a timeout? Do you follow through, or do you just stand there? I, I do follow through. I'll, I'll, I won't kick the ball, but, you know, I'll just give a good air swing just to get just to get a feel for being out on the field and in that moment. You know, I think that's always huge, just kind of feeling everything, like feeling the people right in front of you, you know, getting a good practice swing in. That's interesting. I'm going to tell him I won that debate. There's not too many debates you can win with a teenager. I, I won that I one. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, so – and, Joey, let me get one more in. And let's sure. sort of – are those the two biggest on-the-field memories for you for Carolina? Casey, I'll start with you. Is that your biggest or are there others? I mean, you obviously – not to slight your brother, but I believe you might hold all the records. <laughs> oh, don't don't act like they don't talk about this every time they get together for beer. Yeah, you, know, you know what's cool is that we don't we don't actually we don't talk a ton about like it's it's yeah we don't talk a ton about it. It's like we have like you know it's been cool just hearing about how him coming up after me through you know through high school and stuff. It's kind of cool. We don't even talk a ton a ton about it, so it's it's awesome. So yeah. is he saying that because he doesn't have them? Hey, I still got. Hey, I still got. I think I still got 19 in a row, though. I think that's. Yeah, he doesn't. And he he played in the NFL, so that's that's pretty good. (laughs) No, man, the best thing. The best. I'm like so proud of my brother. Like every time I ever give like a speech or go to do a do a do some kind of a go talk to some kids or anything like that or go speak to any any audience, it's I'm always man. Casey like doesn't get enough credit, man. He had a he he had a heck of a career, man. He's and I was so I was so excited that I got to be there when he actually broke the record. It was my bye week in the NFL, so I was actually able I to remember be there that when he got. I think it, I don't I don't know how many he's got in his career. I think it's high sixties, but um, I was able to be there, which was super cool. I just happened to be my bye week, and I could actually go out there and congratulate him. And every day, man, I, I get super emotional about it. But man, he, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the leg strength that I had and some of the gifts that I had. But like he, man, he he went out there and just did his thing, and was I'm super proud of him. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I will say the younger was every bit as timely, if not more, um, just based on uh, based on his his career stats. So since Tommy got sucked up into the ether there, I, I want to ask a question. We just got done talking about what a fraternity. Well, 
Tom, Tommy kind of got into it, but I want to kind of close the loop about what a fraternity uh, kickers are. You know, I mean, you guys are a rare breed. You guys are um, kind of one of a kind. So naturally, you're going to be the only kind of guys that really feel for the kickers on TV. You talked about Harrison Butker and how good that dude is. I want to ask a little bit of an off, uh, a little bit of an offshoot question of that. What is, and I'll start with Connor this time. What is the most painful kick you've ever seen someone miss on TV to where you were just like, you knew exactly what he was going through. You knew exactly what that felt like, you know, what's the most painful kick you've seen someone else miss. And, and, and what were your thoughts when it happened? Man, probably the, um, I hate to say it, but he kind of like made my name go, uh, bye-bye in Chicago, but the, uh, <laughs> that was a couple of years the, ago. Was it the double doink in the, uh, the in double the, doink. Uh, championship? <laughs> I mean, that's just tough. You know, it's, um, Man, I just—he's such a good kicker, and just I, man, I for sure thought he was making it. And um, you know, obviously Mitch was having a great year and all that. And that's Cody yeah. Parkey, by the way. I, yeah, he's a—he's a good buddy of mine. I mean, I saw him at a wedding a couple years ago, before right before COVID, and you know, he's back in Cleveland having a great career. And so that was a tough one. I mean, obviously, because I was pulling. You know, I'm still I'm you know fresh off being out of Chicago still yeah. for a lot of the guys Mitch is on the team and stuff like that so I was just like man they're gonna you know this is awesome they're gonna make a run they're gonna they're gonna get into the Super Bowl and all that and that that happened so that was probably the tough I mean I just I knew he couldn't even fly home from I think he had to drive home he couldn't even go oh. there I mean it's just like I mean it's just it's brutal I mean you know it's there there's some fans and there's Bears I mean you gotta love them Bears fan I mean Chicago fans are the best gotta love them. <laughs> but man are they uh do they love their sports and do they like to get, oh man, it's tough. I've never seen so many middle fingers at me before. <laughs> um, but God, when I saw that, I was just like, that guy is not even gonna be able to walk out of the stadium. I mean, yeah. the bar stool videos. Yeah. Just... It's the, uh, <laughs> the scapegoating of kickers is. Uh, is I was like, unreal. you know what? I was like, Cody, I appreciate it. No one even knows my name anymore in Chicago. <laughs> and I, Connor can actually finally go back to a Cubs yeah. game if he wants to. I can to. go back to a Cubs game. <laughs> no one knows. And the people are like, oh, you know, you weren't that bad. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, so it's like, hey, Cody, man, thank you. You're still – he's still a good buddy of mine. He's still killing it in the NFL. And super props to him for coming back and continuing to kick butt. But, uh, oh, that was – ooh, that was a tough miss. Casey, same question. What's – uh, you know, I, I know you one time did a – um. You, you had a pretty good interview for – I think it was – it may have been the Wilmington Star, but about um, – about – uh, was it Blair Walsh's miss for the Vikings a few years back? But uh, what yeah. was what would have been your most painful uh, missed kick that you've seen? You know, either either as a player or as a spectator. Yeah, you know, I I think back to one. I think one of the kicks that really kind of, you know, really I felt it a whole lot was against Florida State when Dustin Hopkins missed the game winner to to beat us. I mean yeah. that that game was just crazy, right? I hit a few field goals and they marched down and, and he just, just pushed it right. And, you know, I mean, that guy, he's unbelievable, you know, and, and even at that time, I mean, I knew how good he was and it was just like, you just, you know, I was so happy we won, but at the same time you could just, you know, I just felt so much for him. Like, like nine times out of 10, that guy makes the kick, you know? And it was just, it was just so hard because, you know, if you haven't been in that situation, you'll probably be there. And so I just, it, it was hard. I remember sending him a Facebook message after I don't even know if he read it, but just kind of be like, hey, man, don't even like, I know you're not going to worry about it because you're, you know, you're an insane kicker. You're going to do big things. And yeah. I, I think it was the next week he hit like a 55 yard game winner against Clemson or something crazy. 
And so it was, it was one of those kicks. You're just like, God, man, that's, that's so, that's so brutal. But I mean, he bounced back and he's obviously doing big things now. <laughs> yeah, man. That's um, I, I appreciate y'all's perspective on that. Cause I think that's, that's one thing where just the bond that you guys all have playing that position, you understand how many people's lives proverbial, you know, proverbially, uh, you know, live and die on, on a kick. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let, let you each, uh, let you each brag on each other for a little bit. Uh, and don't want to. I don't want to do the same thing we did when Tommy asked about the the Miami and the Tennessee games. But um, Casey, I'll go for you first. What's your best memory of your brother playing for UNC? It's a tough one. I mean, there was there were so many cool moments. I think just kind of. I think for me, just overall, just being able to to be there and going down on the field and kind of like sharing the, those moments with him, just in a college stadium. I think was so cool. I mean, you know, you're we're two kids growing up playing every sport and Connor was always good at like every sport you know and I think just kind of you know understanding what that felt like being down on the field with him and and just seeing how how good he was and and just you know that's my older brother like that's pretty cool you know so I mean I think just honestly just being being at games with him and being able to kind of tell people that's my brother you know it was just the coolest feeling we're still we're still figuring out our golf game we haven't quite we we each have figured that's never gonna happen for me Connor, Connor, you kind of you kind of tapped into it a little bit a second ago, but you talked about bragging on Casey so much. So I'll give you some space to do that a little more. Um, I think for me, it's not even really about any kicks he made. It was the fact that he wasn't really guaranteed a scholarship coming in. He, he had to kind of earn his way and he had to beat out. I think it was Jay Wooten, who was, was a pretty good kicker, ended up kicking down in South Carolina. I mean, he had to come in and he had to prove himself. I mean, Coach Davis wasn't like you know, he kind of said there's going to be a scholarship for you, but Casey had to pretty much win. The, if he didn't, if Casey didn't win a starting job, he probably wasn't going to ever get a scholarship. And um, so for me, it was just to see how much work he put in and never gave up and never, kept fighting and uh, finally won that starting job and actually see him go out there and be the starting kicker after me. And, and it's just, it was one of the most uh, special things. I wish I could have been there. Obviously I was playing in the NFL, but um, just to know when I got the call just saying that he was getting a starting job was pretty pretty amazing so what any kick it was just uh how hard he fought and just the kind of the you know that's a lot of pressure I mean it's pretty much like you know coach coach Davis doesn't want to say it, but he's like hey man if you don't get the starting job you're pretty much not out there and proved everybody wrong I and mean, I'm sure no one thought he would you know and he went out there and just had an unbelievable career and super proud of him and uh yeah I mean like I said but you know and then obviously when I was there for him to see him kick that uh, field goal to have the most in the career was pretty cool and just be able to, to celebrate with the whole family so uh we'll get into some a little bit and i know we'll drag you guys I, I could talk forever i freely admit and i know the people listening or watching this could could listen and watch forever <clears throat> but let's talk about transitioning from i mean high school to college is you know it's pretty clear jump what's the difference from college to the nfl um, because both of you had storied careers in college, um, but Connor, you were the guy that played um, for a long time in the NFL. I mean, is it opportunity? Is it measurables? What is it that, that makes the difference there? I'm going to be honest. A lot of it is just um, a lot of it's timing and luck part of it. I mean, obviously you have to have the ability, but it's got to be, you got to fit in. You got to be in the, you got to fit in the right organization, have the right coach, have the right GM. But um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is just a lot of it is luck. I mean, I, I tell people today, I would never have made it in the NFL now. I mean, the way how strong these guys are, these kickers are 6'4", 
220 pounds kicking the ball. I mean, fire hydrant looking. I'm seeing that. I mean, literally, these guys kick like kick 60 yards like it's 65 yards like it's nothing. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous nowadays. I mean, I am struggling from 55. You know, it's because I'm an old school guy. It's more like you know when I came out in 08 to go to the NFL with Kansas City, it was like all right, 50 and in, 55 and in, be money, and that was kind of my thing. I mean, could I hit a 60 yard? Yes, but a lot of times you're not going to do that. And then the other big thing I think obviously is the biggest is you're now providing for your family. You're not, this isn't college where it's just like, Hey, you're hanging out with your buddies and you're on scholarship. Like, you know, mom and dad are helping out a little bit. Now it's like, Hey, you're out of college. You're on your own. If you don't make this kick, you got to, you're not making any money. You're not, how are you going to provide for your family and stuff like that? So I think that's the biggest thing. It puts about 60,000 pounds of more pressure on your body just because it's, you know, you're not like, it's not just, Hey, I'm out hanging out with my buddies now playing football in college and high school. It's Hey, like, you know, I got to do this for a career. What am I going to do? Obviously Chapel Hill sets us up for a lot of great things besides football, but you know, you want to be successful in that. And I think the biggest thing is it's timing some luck. And then it's obviously, Hey, this is a real job now. Like if you miss, you're gone and you could, you might only get one shot. And that's why I love Tom Brady. He always talks about like when he got that shot, he never let anyone take him off the field ever again. He wasn't going to allow that. And I think that's the coolest thing is if Drew Bledsoe never gets hurt, who knows if Tom Brady ever, you know, really has the career he has and um, he took advantage of it. So I think it's just like taking advantage of your opportunities. And then it's just, Hey, you're providing for your family. That's, that's a totally different thing. Now you're making money and, you know, college is fun and all, but this is a whole different ball game. It's a little bit different pressure for sure. Casey, Talk about that transition and the attempt of transition for you. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if you make kicks, you should be able to to make money, but it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. I, I think, like Connor said, I mean, a lot of it is just just timing, and you know, obviously, you got to have you got to have the ability. I think for me, kind of the stigma I had coming out was, you know, can can he kick the long field goals consistently? Because a lot of my out of my career at Carolina, I didn't, I didn't have many, you know, very far field goals. So I think that was in the back of the minds of a lot of special teams coaches. And, you know, when I was in Atlanta for the, for the rookie mini camp, um, you know, we just, you know, we kicked some, you know, really long field goals and I made a few, I missed a few. And I think that probably just kind of put a little bit of doubt in their mind that, you know, I could, I could really, you know, hang in the NFL, even though, you know, didn't get a chance at preseason, but, you know, it's like Connor said, I mean, a lot of it is just it's so mental when you get to that level. I mean, you know, you're having a great time in college, you know, you're with your friends. If you lose a game, you can go hang out with your buddies afterwards and you can play, you know, go to practice next week. It's just so much different. I think the amount of pressure you put on yourself, you know, when when you get cut by a team, I mean, you how, how good am I? Am I even any good? You know, I mean, just that little bit of doubt creeps into your mind and can can crumble you, I think, very quickly. And then you're just sitting around waiting, right? Waiting for a call. Am I any good still? Am I good enough to play? I mean, it's just, I think like Connor said, it's just, it's just so mental. And it's just, it's just 60,000 more pounds of pressure on yourself. And it's, it's just a tough, it's just a different type of game. Yeah, and there's only 32 jobs in the league. Right. What, what, and this is, I don't want to get too negative deep, but I'm curious because it's obviously okay. nothing that 99% of the people listening to this have experienced. <laughs> Connor, what's it like to get uh, released and cut from a pro team? I mean, what's the, what's it like? I mean, it's tough. I mean, I've been, I've been unfortunately cut and released a lot. And so I know um, I always joke with people only 90, like 
I think ha- most people just see the 99 or the 1% of the NFL that like sign these monster contracts and have these awesome careers, have, you know, big houses, all the cool cars where it's like 99% of us are like fighting every day just to make the active roster and, and you know, and, and, and have some guaranteed, some guaranteed contracts, but uh, it's just, it's tough. I mean, I remember I got cut from, um, I got cut from Miami after going like 94% in training camp. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how you do much better than that. I mean, I think yeah, I just, like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, you know, Dan Carpenter is very good. He was there, but I, I, I will to this day, I outkicked him, but I quickly learned as a young guy in the NFL, it does not matter sometimes how well you kick. Like I said, it's really about sometimes about timing and the situation you're in. But I remember, you know, most of the time you're living out of a hotel, you have a roommate um, when you're first starting out. And I remember, sitting on the curb of the hotel or sitting outside on the curb in the hotel parking lot, calling my dad. And I'm just like, I, I just, I'm, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I just don't understand what's going on. I just kicked 94% and I'm getting sent home for, I mean, I just don't understand it. And he just, you know, that's, that's why you have parents. I mean, and then they, you know, picked me up and kept going, but it's tough, you know, like Casey, like what Casey said, it just puts a lot of doubt in your mind, you know, are you good enough? And it's just like, what do I have to do? Go 100% every day to be to get a to get a spot in this in the NFL? And obviously, pretty much, honestly, as a young guy, as a rookie, you pretty much do. I mean, you really don't have much room for error. And um, and Casey can attest to that with Atlanta. I mean, it's almost like you got to be perfect. Um, and I was darn near perfect in that camp. And but you know, you just got to keep plugging away. And you talk to your agent, and realize that hey kick well here it should open up other doors there and obviously it did tampa saw some you know obviously tampa saw some ability that i had and i think that same year I ended up kicking 350 yarders in one game against miami which was pretty cool so i got him back so yeah but as, you as know, bill parcells, bill, i think bill parcells was i think kind of helping out down there in miami at the time and he did bring me aside and he was like man you know what you you know, it might, it's not going to work out here, but you do remind me of a guy named Adam Vinatieri who's kicking in the league. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So that kind of gave me some encouragement and was like, all right, well, if he's going to compare me to him, that guy's obviously the best <laughs> ever. I mean, I, ever, to ever kick. I mean, he's the goat. And um, so that was pretty cool. Gave me some, you know, gave me a little bit of hope that, you know, I can kick in this league. And um, yeah, so Tampa saw some potential and, you know, my agent just as so, as a Bucks fan, yeah, he's a Tampa left, fan. After you left, <laughs> after you left, Tampa has not had a kicker worth a crap until Suckup and Pinion showed up this year. Who happened to don't be? Me, you know, don't give me don't, oh man, I, don't give me started on Tampa. Oh man, <laughs> we, Ooh, that was my Super Bowl. We can uh, we can um, <laughs> we can have that discussion offline a little bit later because I, yeah, I I'd love to hear some of those. Oh man, that is a uh, so uh, I mean and and what you guys both were talking about what gets me about watching and this is i'm not a huge pro sports fan i mean i watch it and obviously we pay attention to carolina panthers and whatever but to hear fans say you know you suck or you know you missed the kick you suck you threw an intercept you suck i'm like these dudes are like the best top 32 guys in the world doing this i mean Suck is relative, I guess. But you, you mentioned. I want to go to their job and say, "Hey, man, you suck." Yeah, you know, (laughs) you broke a pen. You misspelled a word. You suck, teacher. You know, or something like that. But can't do that. that, Pack pack your stuff. You're out of here after the. Yeah, really, you're fired, man. You missed a you you missed an assignment. You're out. So, So let me ask you both this, and I'll turn it over to Joey and get out of the way. Tougher kick. 32-yarder, 
with some crosswind or a 55 yarder straight on Connor first. So like, so no wind with the 55 yarder, no wind. Oh man. If it's that, if it's a, but it's not on turf, you're on grass. You're on grass. Well, if you're in soldier field, good luck for anything. <laughs> That's concrete. Yeah. Good luck. It's like kicking out of the Wrightsville beach right here. It looks great on TV, but it's just straight sand. Don't ever let them fool you. They should go to field turf. Come on, soldier field. Come on. Bears. It's like it's painted some... dirt. Yeah. 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 It's painted green. It looks great. Sorry. I got tracked there, but, uh, no, I think I hate so right to right to left um, right to left wind is like my nemesis for a kicker. I guess as a right footed kicker, I can't hit the ball straight for my life. So thirty two yarder with a right to left crosswind, I would I hate that kick. I would rather kick a fifty five yarder all day long straight on all day long. <laughs> Casey, what's I up? I had like oh, all day long. Yeah, not even <laughs> not even a contest. <laughs> I, I think I'd have to take the shorter one to be honest with you. You know. <laughs> I'll take the bread butter, a little bit of wind. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta knock it through. <laughs> I love, I love you makes it sound so simple. Play the wind, knock it through. <laughs> See the ball up and down and around in a circle. When they move that extra point back, man, I had a lot of those thirty-three yards and soldier field with those crosswinds, those extra points, and I'm like, can we just stop scoring so much? I don't they kick anymore. <laughs> Go least, for two. Can Go I for two, man. Goals that are can actually kick these that are actually worth three points, not just one, because this is this is tough. That kind of changed the game, didn't it? The moving it back. Well, Bill Parcells, he uh, kicked himself in the butt for that one because it costed him, I think, early on when he first – he was like one of the big proprietors were like changing it to that. And I think I think his kicker missed a couple early on. But, no, that was – that was a game changer. It used to be like walk out like it's just – it's just – it's like clockwork. You just – you don't even you – know, yeah. just... but now it's like, you know, if you get an interception or if the defense gets an interception and scores really quick, I mean, holy moly, you're back, you're on there with no warm-ups and you got to kick a 33-yarder and that's – you got to – makes you think a little more it's 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 different yeah. it's definitely changed it's it's no longer like an easy just it's not a gimme anymore that's for sure and, but it, when they were the old way it was just like well, what's the point just I throw, missed, I, throw a point up there i was i think nine eight eight years straight without missing in the nfl until the um i never missed one until they changed it oh nice. joey i was gonna let you go hold on i got one question based off that connor how many extra points you miss in college um Man, are you, do you have the stat in front of you? I do. <laughs> That's such a loaded question. And these I mean, are twenty. These are twenty yard extra points. I missed, I missed. I know. I missed one my freshman year against Virginia, and I missed one my senior year against James Madison. Man, you're an ass for that, Tommy. One oh three for one oh nine, according to this. No, was I really? It said, and I, I assume this is accurate. Are you charging him with blocks too? Or blocks is I miss oh, you know what? Okay, you know you so what blocks do count against oh, me. I had that's right. I had, yeah. I had two blocked against me at Notre Dame. Yeah. That's great. God, I was at that game at Notre Dame. I did I, yeah, I learned something new tonight. I didn't realize you know that counted against me. Because I was like, I swear I only missed two, but then if I look, yeah, I got two blocked against Notre Dame. Their 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 D line was absolutely we had to actually move. Usually you're a seven, you're about seven and a foot in college from like this, you know, from your snapper and, and then in the NFL, you're eight yards. We actually had to try to move it back to eight yards just to give us just a little <laughs> bit more. Wow. That was the, uh, that was the Joe Daly, Hakeem Nick show, wasn't it? Their D line was blowing <laughs> us up for some reason. I think we had some injuries on the offensive line and I think they just, 
Uh, we also had a rough, was that the roughing the snapper call? No, no, no. That was later. That was that a was release. Okay. But yeah, because I was like, I didn't miss, I missed that many. I could, I well, like, I'm looking at the stats and it could be wrong, but it's got to three, one change that stat, man. I think we, I, got, I, we got to file an appeal. We got to change that rule, man. Because I had like, I had like 38 straight under 40 in the NFL and then the guy from Oakland blocked one and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's how my, that's how my, <laughs> I mean, is. you're, your backside protection whiffs on a guy. That should not be hung around your neck, right? Like that's that should not go in your record. Casey, same question. How many how many extra points you miss at Carolina? Listen to this, Connor. I think I know I think, it. I think just one, right? Yeah. And I guarantee you, you know the one, don't you? Oh yeah, Citadel. <laughs> Citadel, come on, man! They, what I, what, what happened? What, what, I what, what happened? I hit the upright so hard. Were you tired <laughs> from kicking so many extra points? <laughs> I, I think. I think so. I was just like, oh, we just pop this one in. Was that the one where you had nine in a game? What was it? You had nine in a game. I remember that. 160 for 161, by the way. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. For some reason, I thought you were 100%, Casey. That's, oh, man. Disappointing, man. You were only 99.99. Tommy's got to be the one to point out the poop and the ice cream. So (laughs) Hold on a second. I'm going to look up the Citadel game. Bear with me, Joey. I don't know about God. that Johnson County internet you're on either. You know what's crazy <laughs> is it, the headline of the Citadel game is UNC blasts the Citadel behind 375 yards of total offense. How times have changed, right? Well, really? That's, right. If you ain't getting 375 <laughs> in the first half now, you're doing yeah. something wrong. That's, that's it's an average 40 to 6, man. You messed up my cover. I think the line was 35. And you- <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were upset about that. Tommy, Tommy's, Tommy's kid can't go to a private school because he had, <laughs> oh, he had UNC minus 30. I missed the par laugh. Go ahead, right, Joe. So, get it back on the rails. Yeah, we'll try. Um, all right, guys. Uh, before we get into me playing Wink Martindale and closing us with a nice little, nice little game of who's the better brother, uh, We'll, I want to give you guys a chance to plug what you're up to now. Casey, what are you doing right now, man? What's 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 happening in Wilmington? Yeah, so so right now I actually work for a clinical research company called Cineos Health. And uh, we run clinical trials for the pharma companies, and I manage a team of three uh, contract leads. So it's, it's really cool. You know, I kind of get that team aspect again. And, um, you know, we were involved in some COVID trials, you know, last year and throughout this year. So kind of a cool job, and, and it's, it's been great so far. And Connor, you've uh, you said something about like you're swimming with sharks or you're chasing sharks or I don't know something like that. What's what's, what's, <laughs> I what's do, that? I, we I am invested in a uh, it's a local vodka company called Blue Shark Vodka, and we always say it's the shark that doesn't bite. So I have no problem swimming with those sharks because they're the blue sharks are very docile. But yeah, so um, um, I tried a uh, I went to a beach bar last year and I tried this. Someone told me to try this local vodka, and I tried it. My buddy and I and we were just blown away and. Um, the owner and I have a lot of mutual friends and we had been told we needed to meet and um, we connected and um, I kind of just kind of fell in love with the mission of the company and what they do and how good the vodka was being locally sourced. And, you know, all our corn, our sweet Carolina corn comes from Polkton, North Carolina. Everything's local, you know, locally made and everything like that. So it's really cool. And so I'm helping them kind of expand now. We're, we're kicking butt. We're in all hundred counties in, in North Carolina and all the ABC stores. And we're also in Las Vegas. So we're, um, we're winning a bunch of awards and uh, continuing to try to expand. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it takes us. But I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Love the. Do you, uh, do you have a bottle? Sh- is it the bottle? Does it have it in the bottle? 
so we have so we actually have we have three bottles so our original bottle is like a blown glass bottle with the shark inside of it i don't know if you've ever seen it i've it seen actually, it it's very it's very very aesthetically pleasing yes i will have to plug one thing being like a local wilmington guy so we went in our last awards we just won for our actual series of bottles we got best in class which is the highest honor you can get in the awards competition we actually beat out michael jordan's new tequila so that's pretty cool and he's a wilmington guy so I, you don't beat my Man, uh, you know, his Centoro tequila and actually our bottle series actually uh, got a platinum we best in class, which is actually is actually higher than platinum. So I was like, that's pretty cool because <laughs> we're both Wilmington guys. So it's kind yeah, of man. Cool. absolutely. You guys cool. can you guys can go out and have like a a bottle uh, bashed bottle stab fight on east, on east i would road. i would wager that jordan's tequila cost uh is a little more expensive <laughs> yes it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal i, I also I, I do want to give a shout out to i think the the blue shark tagging uh programs you guys have in conjunction with yes. the vodka is, is a really cool concept so so we're actually the owner is actually he's flying up the he's flying up tomorrow we're gonna he's gonna start we're gonna start this whole we're tagging a blue or two starting up in out off the coast of maine starting on friday do some stuff with the atlantic shark institute and we're it's gonna be pretty cool so it's the first time That's i think that they've cool. uh, tagged the uh, female blue sharks and we're gonna kind of follow their pattern or migratory pattern down the east coast which is gonna be it's gonna be, it's gonna be cool man that's awesome well we i'll tell you what talk. yeah whenever we need you, to talk whenever, offline whenever you guys uh whenever you guys need to get back out to tag some sharks or if you need to head back out to vegas for any sort of like checking up on your product out there uh <laughs> tommy and casey and i are happy to you know port your uh, your luggage if we need to all right. <laughs> well, I want, I do want to put a bow on this cause I've kept you guys way over time. And honestly, it's been because you guys have been great storytellers and have, have been really, really good guests here. But I told you before we started today, I'm going to try to get my game show host on and I'm going to let you both play this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's a right answer. If I had some cheesy, if I had some cheesy, you know, game show music, I'd play it here, but <laughs> Tommy, I'll even let you throw out a category later if you want to, but we're going to play who's the better brother. All right. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna start first. <laughs> he's sitting right, but he's right there, man. Look, I'm, 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 I'm gonna have them, I'm gonna have them both, you know, pitting against each other for at least the next little bit. All right, who is the better passer of the football? Who's got a better gun, Casey or Connor? Casey can sling it, man. I don't know. He's got a sneaky. He's got, pretty far. He's got a sneaky good arm. All right, I could throw it up there, mountain over there. Casey's got the Uncle Rico going on. All right, I, I can respect that. All I gotta right. give it to Casey on that one. All right, who's the better surfer? Oh man, it's not definitely even. Connor. Long, long board or short? Uh, I actually do a lot of paddle surfing now. I'm scared to put my limbs in the water. I don't know why. It's something about sharks because you've been. <laughs> playing I get older these days. I really appreciate my my body and my limbs, and I'm like, you know what? I keep my body. If I'm already standing up on the board, that's a lot. You know, I got a lot better chance to to make it out. So no, it, I try to get Casey out more, but I'd have a little more free time than he does. So. <laughs> All right, who's who's the better cook between you two? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's the married man. He's got to be the better cook. I, I probably cook a little more than Connor, but I'm not a great cookie. <laughs> I'm sorry. So what's your go-to if if you have to cook? What's your go-to, Casey? What am I go-to? Man, to be honest with you, my go-to for a long time was just was just baked chicken and veggies. Just keep it simple. Hey, keep it simple. Keep it healthy. You live longer. That's uh, you're you're not putting your <laughs> not putting your limbs in the water with baked chicken and veggies. I appreciate that. I've relied on DoorDash. I don't want to put a plug. For <laughs> there you go. I just actually ordered DoorDash just delivered to my house like five minutes ago a salad because I'm trying to as at 35 
you know, you talk about the 40 club and I'm, I'm starting, I'm getting there. Man, you suck. <laughs> 35, I'd trick out. <laughs> Tommy, you want, to, you want to throw out a category before we wrap? Well, look, Orner responded to me and said, uh, I'm on the field in I Iowa. I need, I, I need a minute. So uh, <laughs> we won't get any Orner questions. Let's go uh, – Let's go best uh, best kicker. Who's the better kicker? Connor. 100%. I mean, uh, and he knows it. <laughs> hey, listen, I will say from like a God-given ability, maybe I have a little more of that, but like, hey, from like a just taking what he's got and using, working with what he's got, man, Casey, man, he's – I don't know. I can't say enough, man. He, he kicked he kicked my butt and broke all my records. I don't know. It sounds like this has to be the better kicker, right? Because he, he broke all my records. So. All right. Well, that's that's a strong way to wrap it with some brotherly love. Pardon the pun. <laughs> I will ask you guys. Um, last last question. This is a good one to go out on. Uh, what do you guys think about Mac Brown being back in Chapel Hill, and how do you think that that's going to play? Casey, I'll go to you first. Uh, I think just excitement is the first word that comes to mind. You know, just kind of even just hearing him speak, you know, you just, you just feel that energy and, and feel like, you know, that the program is just back and that culture, that winning culture is just back. So it's, it's super exciting. Any, uh, any, uh, well, Connor, I'll ask you the same thing and then we'll, we'll, we'll I'll let Tommy pull up the string on this one. No, I think just, I think he brings a, just a ton of credibility to the program. I mean, gosh, I, my buddies and I always talk, I wish, I wish I could play right now. I mean, just the the facility changes and what he's done. When you walk in, it looks like a it looks like the way Carolina football should be. I mean, it looks like a national program that should be a top ten program. And um, he just, yeah, he just he just uh, the recruiting's amazing. You're only seeing. I always said it. We should only have like five star guys walking around our our campus and stuff like that. So he's bringing that that culture, and uh, it's fantastic. And I have a lot of I have a lot of bets with a lot of friends in the SEC that we're going to have a big year this year. And I, I, it's a lot, I get a lot of Georgia fans, and I know they're going to be good too. So Sam, come on, man, we need some wins this year, baby. I need to win some money. <laughs> let, let me ask, you, you know, being former guys, uh, oh, they're still guys, Tommy. But I mean, just you know, it's... yeah, former players that are still dudes. I uh, mean, I ain't gonna lie now, living in Wilmington. The, yeah, they got it. They, they got a tough don't they? Yeah, yeah, they got it rough. Uh, do you need a roommate, brother? Uh, so let me <laughs> let me ask. How is it to know what you went through? And I'm trying to get serious for a minute. It's tough. I don't do it often, but I'll start with you, Connor. Knowing what you went through at Carolina, I mean, it was. You guys had some great memories, but you also had some rough memories. What was that like? And then looking now and seeing where they are now you you mentioned wishing you could play now i mean everybody has their life stories and they all build um it's all a building block to what currently is but just sort of just sort of tell us to wrap your portion of this on being a carolina guy being a part of some good times some rough times and seeing where this program is now i mean where are you at i mean you've seen the highs you've seen the lows yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was definitely tough. I mean, you know, we come into my my freshman year. I mean, uh, we we work our butts. I mean, we're you know, it's football twenty four seven. Obviously, we're in the classroom as well. But like, I always remember, I'll, 
And what was the, there was a pasta place on Franklin Street. I can't remember. Franklin Street Pizza and Pasta. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the easiest thing. I don't know why. Look, I'm, I'm a fat guy. You're not, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get any so, pasta questions past the fat kid. So, <laughs> this will ne- I'll never get this out of my head. And I just, I, I can't, it, it just, it, it makes me so upset because, you know, we weren't, obviously we're not, we weren't very good when I was, you know, we weren't great when I was there. Um, we did have some, we had some good wins, but like, it'd always be like October and you just, I would be sitting there eating and I'd hear just these students be like, Oh man, it's almost basketball season. I was like, forget you, man. I don't even want to sit right here, guys. I was like, you gotta be, I'm just every time I'm just like, and then, you know, we'd be playing a game during the game. And like, obviously this is when you could still kind of walk around the edges and, you know, you could still walk down there and you would, be like a timeout or something you're just like why is the stadium cheering right now and it's because the basketball team's walking in and it's just, <laughs> i just can't i can't stand it you know what i love right now is no one cares about basketball they just care about football and it's the most amazing thing i've ever it's just i just i'm sorry but like i don't hate the basketball team but god it feels good to know we're a football school again let's go baby <laughs> Hey, see, you were there. Uh, there was a little bit of transition when you were at Carolina. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Walk us through that process and then what you see it as now. Because let me tell you, when Carolina – Buck Sanders and I, we did a podcast after Carolina lost to East Carolina. I guess it's been four years ago now. And got throttled by East Carolina. Yes. I mean, yeah. they got waxed. Yes. Yep. And I was in the stands for that. It was, it was rough. Skull dragging. Yes. I was dating an East Carolina girl. It was, it was rough. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have lived in those stands. But we were like, it's time to move on. You know, you got to do something. And you got to – and why not Mac Brown? And so here we are. I guess we're recording this on July 16th, 2021. July 15th when we started, yeah. Yeah, really. Hey, it's been fun. But, Casey, I mean, the journey you had yeah. and to go from the transitions that you saw. I mean, tell us about it to wrap this one. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I mean, we, you know, when Butch was there for those, I think it was, you know, three seasons. I mean, we were solid. I mean, we had some, we had some serious players. I mean, we, we knew and we, and everyone knew how good we, you know, we were and how we could be. And, you know, when kind of the, the violations, everything kind of started looming over and, and we started kind of losing guys. I mean, it was, it was hard just because you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I think it was the preseason before, you know, the season started and we just heard that Butch was gone and we just, you know, we were like, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that happened. everybody else, man. <laughs> and so, you know, coach and coach Withers was the interim head coach. And that year was, was a little, you know, it was different. It was kind of like limbo, you know, no, no one really knew what was going to happen. So it was, it was interesting. Um, and then obviously when Coach Rora came in my senior year, and just kind of got that culture back on track and kind of got, you know, got everyone back on track. So it, it was an interesting ride for sure. But, you know, it was, it was, you know, I think it brought a lot of the guys closer together, just kind of going through that. And, you know, we all have great relationships still and just kind of, you know, tell stories about all the crazy times and especially that just transition, but just kind of seeing Mac in there now, you know, it feels like how, how it was when I was there with coach Davis, where we got these big time recruits, yeah. you know, we, the team knows, you know, they know they're good. And they just got to, you know, they just got to bring that on the field and, and get those wins. So it's, it's exciting. All right, dudes. I can't, I, I, I lied. I said, that was my last question. Let me ask you this. <laughs> we'll talk forever. 
Connor. What's up? Y'all got to be at work tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, really. No, it's, look, y'all wanted to record early. If you'd have waited a little while, I'd have been asleep already. I'm Connor. Be- I'm already tired, so we're good. I got all day. Best, uh, well, I'll start with Casey and Casey, because he, he, he's the one that's got to work. Casey, <laughs> best player you ever played with, ever, period. I, I got to give it to my boy, Jonathan Cooper, my roommate from Wilmington. I mean, he's one of the most athletic, uh, most smartest, just best players I've ever seen. And I think I'll ever see. And he just, he just had a rough bout with injuries in the NFL, but I mean, he's the real deal. We did the, uh, so we did 2010 reunion and we should have had you on there, but we had uh, Coop and, and a bunch of those guys. And he's the one that I always – it's injuries. And we talked about luck and timing and all that stuff. He's one – that dude was a monster. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he'd be outrunning Geo yeah. to lead the blocking, and it's like it never worked out for him because he could not catch a break. It, it's yeah. crazy how that does. Connor, best player ever. Uh, college or pro? Either. Well, you Your can pick. do both. <laughs> all right, so co- so college, honestly, um, so like from like – you don't have to say Chacos. It's okay. You don't have to say. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say oldest ever. <laughs> Man, I don't know for some reason, but I know he didn't play a long time. But Darius Bowman, y'all remember Darius? Oh, yeah, that guy was athletic probably, freak. Are you? I mean, holy! I mean, it's just his athletic ability was just. I mean, it was insane. So I would probably say from from, from college that. I mean, the NFL. Man, that is so tough. I played with so many amazing, amazing players and athletes. Um, I'd have to probably say, I hate to say it, but I mean, Peyton Manning, when I played in Denver, just, I mean, I hadn't played on a team yet with that kind of leadership and stuff. And there's the reason why he is who he is. I mean, the guy was always the first one to practice. The, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of sounds cliche, but he was just, he pretty much ran everything. I mean, you know, Coach Fox kind of was back there and, and, and Peyton ran practice. I mean, just to see the kind of person he is and just to watch him. And he was just super cool. I got there in November that year and he didn't even know me. And he came up to me after practice. He's like, Hey man, you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, man. You're welcome at our house. So that's just, you know, that's cool to me. And that's just what a leader does. And um, for him, so just, and obviously first ballot hall of famer. And so I have to say Peyton for sure. That's pretty cool. I, I don't think people realize, and you mentioned Peyton, you mentioned Tom Brady earlier, um, we, we've talked about Michael Jordan. I don't think people realize just what it takes to do what these folks do to be the best ever. And it, but the leadership is by far um, the main thing. All right, Joey has some interesting questions. I got some. Casey, uh, biggest misconception about kickers? Because Dan said that when he got to Carolina, they were jacked because they did all the stuff. And he said, you know, they had the most jack specialist group of any college out there. What's the biggest misconception about a kicker? Uh, you know, I, I think personally the biggest misconception is that kickers aren't athletic. I mean, every kicker I know is like can play every sport and is so good at every sport. Like Connor won't tell you, but Connor can literally play any sport and he's so good at it. It makes me so mad. And uh, is, he a tra- is he one of those tryhards out there? He's still on the beach like – Playing ball and and spike ball and and killing people. My recent pickup in my recent sport is pickleball. And um, I'm I plan to be sponsored eventually, so I am going to get good (laughs) because I can play that into my 40s and 50s, and I plan on 
I'm going to take – I'm taking the nation by storm and pick the ball. All right. I talk, we talked to Michael Brooker, you know, basketball player, and he was uh, on the shelf because he blew a knee playing pickleball. So you need to watch. <laughs> watch out. Connor, same question, and, and then we'll let you guys get out of here. What's the biggest misconception? Because I think, to be honest with you, if I look back, we've always thought everybody thinks kickers are different and they're weird or they're surfer dudes. <laughs> and you might have started that. You might have helped with that. Is it a misconception or is it is it reality? No, I, I, Casey kind of took, you know, obviously I think uh, is being athletic. I think we're actually very, <laughs> actually very athletic. You know, Coach Connors actually used me in some videos towards the end of my career after when he barely talked to me when I was first. <laughs> <laughs> he's our strength he's our strength coach but he was a strength coach. just for people don't know he was our strength coach he he did not like kickers when i was there but all of a sudden he's like hey man can you come run these ladder drills for us so i can get this on tape and i'm like what what changed coach no i think it's you know the misconception is that you know we kind of are on our we're kind of we're kind of on our own you know we're not you know it's not because we don't want to be part of the team which we are it's just we're kind of with the punters and the snappers. We're just not involved as much. I think people just kind of see us as these weirdos that are just over there. Like, who wants, like they're like, who decided when they were growing up they wanted to be a kicker? <laughs> a quarterback or a, because because kickers are awesome. And you know what? That misconception we have. We are the most mentally strong position group ever. Come on, no one wants to be us when it's time when it's game time. Everyone wants to be us in practice because we do take a knee and we play golf. Okay, we do that. Hundred <laughs> percent say when I was in the NFL at Tampa, I spent a lot of times at Starbucks because I didn't have to go to all those meetings. And I'm glad I never had to go to those <laughs> I would go I would go meet some meet some ladies at Starbucks during the three hour position <laughs> meetings. That's what I did. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's what I did. But you know what? I went out during the games and I made my kicks. So it's the ment- – I think misconceptions. We are one mentally tough group of guys, man. Our, the kicking position, we are mentally tough, man. You got to be tough to play our position. It, we don't – not maybe not physically, but mentally very, very tough. Well, we will, if I got else. a TikTok. I got a Starbucks TikTok I need to send you. I need to get your number. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Okay, I like to keep I like to keep things light, man. I just, I mean, like, this is a great joking. one, then I promise you'll laugh. I ain't even joking. I literally I've spent so many hours in Starbucks. It was it's hilarious. This is so great. So I've, great. I've uh I'm absolutely floored now that we're <laughs> now we're we're swapping TikTok videos and uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that you guys have proven, if nothing else, that the old Adam Sandler uh, lonely kicker bit is is probably a bit tired and probably a bit played. So, uh, <laughs> an hour and a half in, I will say it's been worth it because we had double the guests. So I guess it's worth it to have double the length of the pod. But you guys have been amazing. We appreciate y'all being so honest and spending so much time with us. Um, Casey had to eject. I appreciate him sticking around. Um, but I'm thankful. Oh, we just got Connor. We can keep. Oh going, man, let's bro. go. Let's have some fun. Let's get <laughs> yeah, now. Really? Let's let's, uh, you want me to start talking trash now about Casey? I'm scared. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys uh, and I mean, appreciate Casey. Rode your coattails forever, man. Don't lie. Wow. <laughs> hey, listen. I will to this day say that, man. Every time I get a chance to praise Casey, man, he's and he's that's my brother, and I I wouldn't have wanted to. I would love to have just done. I would not want to come behind me and kick him. Well, we are. Uh, we we're indebted to to Casey. Joey. Joey's trying to get it on the rails, man. We're we're, in the same we're we're indebted to Casey and to Casey's big brother for being on the show today. Um, 
But uh, I appreciate you guys joining us. I appreciate the listeners and viewers out there. I want to say a special thanks to uh, Johnny T-Shirt, to Jimmy's Famous Seafood, to John Sigley for producing. Uh, for Connor and Casey Barth in beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina, that's in New Hanover County, if you're curious. Uh, and for Tommy Ashley, I am just Joey Powell. This has been another episode of The 40 Club. We have been kicking it. I appreciate you guys joining us, tuning in, listening. We'll catch you next time down the road on InsideCarolina.com. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.